0: I came and chatted with this child and said, can you see how what you said affected this sibling? And he said, yes. And I said, guess what? In families, we make mistakes and then we have fresh starts. And he, you know, somewhat apologetically just said, actually, I really think, you know, and, but I watched the reset in him. And I've learned that for myself as well, that there are times that even I will surprise myself in an unkind moment and think, I need a fresh start.
1: Life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show.
2: Welcome to a special edition of The Lisa Show. We've got your Council of Moms today. And here today to kick things off, we
1: have... I'm Kristen. I'm the mom of six kids, five of which are teenagers. Our youngest name is Max, so we like to joke that we reached our max. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And my name is Brooke. I also have six kids, ages 19 down to a six-year-old. And at this point, everyone can dress themselves. So that's our big
3: accomplishment. It's a big win. Goodness. And I have three. My name is Janae. I've got three from 10 down to three years old, and we're hoping we can snag another little tiny one at some point soon. They're taking their sweet time, but hopefully soon.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for being here. We appreciate you sharing your wisdom and being able to have a conversation that is going to be helpful to a lot of different kinds of moms, getting different perspectives, because, you know, this is what we do as moms. We're just making it up as we go, and we need each other for this kind of connection, but also for different ideas. So to get these ideas sort of rolling, I want to give you a list of rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. Okay, we're going to start with this one. Greatest thing to come out of the COVID pandemic for you? I would say definitely a slower pace, not having so many
1: games and practices and lessons just to kind of be home
0: a little more was great. I totally agree with Kristen. Kind of a clearing of our schedule and having all of my teenagers stay home.
3: And I have three little kids, so they're still kind of home all the time, but it was wonderful to have my husband home with us too. I think he was surprised about how much he enjoyed working from home for a while. That's awesome. All right. Is your
2: house the party house or the quiet house? Party house. Definitely party house.
3: Okay. We're half and half. We throw awesome, fun, big parties. It's a good time. I love it. But... The other time, it's classical music and nice, <laughs> soft, like, instrumental Disney songs. <laughs> was a little, little more serene half the time.
2: I love it. Okay. Well, what is your mom superpower?
1: I would say my superpower is the ability to see the good and find positive even in struggling circumstances,
0: Mine is less deep. (laughs) I love reading aloud with
3: my kids. We do a lot of reading aloud. That's my superpower. I love that. I think my superpower is probably my children have no doubt in their mind that I love them. I kind of, I gush all all over them all the time.
2: I love that. This is really sweet. Okay, this is a really serious one, though. Soup or stew? Mm. Soup. Stew. 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 Oh, interesting. And say soup, even though I'm the only one in my house who likes it. <laughs> okay, what's the thing that you're looking most forward toward when you become
0: an empty nester? Traveling. Lots of traveling. Um, yes, travel, and probably... An occasional uninterrupted conversation with
2: my husband. (laughs) I love how you say an an occasional. You're not even like, I'm sure something will happen.
3: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Goodness, I'm like that spontaneity. Like, we want to go to a movie? We're going to go. We want to go to Cancun? Okay, let's go. I can't even get through the
2: question without like tearing up though. So I'm I'm not going to (laughs) answer. Okay, it's not allowed to be diamonds. What is your best friend?
0: Chocolate, um, cozy blankets.
3: Oh, I'm so dorky. Just my husband, dude. You guys, I'm so obsessed with that man. <laughs> <laughs> he is my favorite thing. Okay, can I re-answer? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You're like Sorry, <laughs> my babe. husband as well. <laughs> I'm Ish. so dorky. Okay, maybe my running shoes. My running shoes. But dude, my husband, he's a cutie. <laughs> okay, so night owl
0: or morning lark? Morning lark. Morning lark who's forced to be a night owl. <laughs> okay.
2: Ooh.
0: Who night owl. Okay.
2: Yeah. I know. I'm a morning lark who was a night owl who has constantly has identity crisis. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I want it. No, you got to wake up. It's uh, uh, weird. I hear you. <laughs> you I hear know? you there. It's a struggle. Okay. What is the hardest
1: part of motherhood? I think for me, the hardest thing is when you see your kids struggling I'm not going to get teary. I'm, I'm a crier, but oh, when you see your kids struggling and you thought it was hard when you struggle through things, but then you watch them and your heart just like, you so bad want to rescue. But sometimes you know you just can't and you shouldn't.
0: Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. I think also for me, it is unresolvable situations that I want to solve but that only time can bring the answer to and that I'm it's like a puzzle I'm constantly trying to assemble and see the picture but I can't resolve the issues that are there at
3: the time. Ooh, these are good. It's good. No
2: pressure, <laughs> Jene. What do <laughs> you got? The
3: hardest part <laughs> of motherhood. Oh, you guys, that, that's a really difficult question. Oh, probably just knowing that there's evil and sketchiness out there. Every time I'm reminded that there's evil and sketchiness out there and that there are people that specifically want my kids like they want they want their time, they want their attention, they want to skew their perceptions of things like oh, that's to try and protect them from that. I think that might be the hardest part for me. Ooh, these are good. Okay, this is this is on a different
2: uh, sort of wavelength. What's your mom jam? Like that song that's just like, yeah, this is me in motherhood, or this is how I feel.
3: Oh, man.
1: It's a good question. Right? very good question. Okay, so my teenagers are a huge influence on what music I listen to good. because I, like I let it. them control the radio a lot. But there's this song. It's The artist is called Feel Good, so I love that his name is called Feel Good. Sure, don't But know. He has a song called Everything's Good, and he talks about that— his mom told him he could do anything, but he didn't go to college, but it's everything's good, you know? So I'm like, okay, so if my kids choose not to go to college or do this or that, like, it's okay. Everything's good, right?
2: Right. Can you sing it? <laughs> you don't have to.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, no, Everything's good. Everything's good. I love it. Let's cut yeah. you a CD. I know. Soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is this is
0: my claim to fame right here. <laughs> I love it, Brooke. You know you're next. Okay, so blasting in my kitchen at home, I'd say we often have the Beatles. A little "Here Comes the Sun" in the morning kind of gets us going. A lot of show tunes. So you know, one day more <laughs> we'll just burst into a little "Lay and then a little "Greatest Showman" with the family. I'd say we okay. sing.
3: Interesting. Oh, I love it. Okay, do you guys know it's called "Married Life" from Pixar's Up by Michael Giacchino? Do you know that song? Remind me. Okay, it's it's instrumental. So, gonna make me sing it. It's like da 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 da. Oh yeah, yeah, Like, and again, it's half and half. So half like my mom jam. It's that where it's just like light and wonderful and buoyant and like, soft and special and precious, Yeah. then there's also the other side of me and our family where it's, like, EDM, babe. Like, some electronic <laughs> dance music it's pumping through the stands. morning, and we're just getting ready for school, <laughs> and we're happy and excited and energetic and, like, heck yes.
2: I love it. I love it. Okay, now, Whitney Houston wrote, I believe the children are our future. (laughs) Teach them well and let them lead the way. Oh, you needed to sing that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Made me sing over here. I long ago. (laughs) Anyway, so what is the most important thing that we teach them?
1: Matt, I think maybe I'd have to go back and just think what I would tell myself, you know? Yeah. And I would tell myself or teach them to just be confident in who they are and just trust in in those feelings that you know are right you know like sometimes we second guess ourselves or we allow the wisdom of others to influence when we're like oh, i knew better you know so i, I guess Ooh, just that's teach them good. that
0: i love that i think for me the first thought that came to my mind is a sense of who they really are both obviously eternally, you know, you're a child of God, but also you're a member of the Hoops family. You're a member of a tribe and a group of people that love you and support you no matter where you go and what you do. So good. That is exactly
3: just who you are and that you're so special and wonderful, but also, again, with like my mom's superpower, the fact that you cannot comprehend how precious you are you are so overwhelmingly loved by your parents, but also your heavenly parents as well.
2: We have some additional questions from listeners of The Lisa Show that I have here. And just as a reminder, we love that kind of interaction. This is what this podcast is really about is making these kinds of connections in real life. Like, it doesn't just end here. We've had some comments about, hey, I'd like to find my own council of moms, you know, this to get different perspectives and people in different stages of life and different mothering. And so, this is our chance to do it, but you can also participate in that by going to The Lisa Show. We're all over social media, like on Facebook and and Instagram, and you can leave a question there, and we will be able to see it. And this is where we get our questions for the shows. You could also email us at thelisashow at byu.edu as well to get another chance to ask your question. So I'm going to dive just right into these questions. Our first question for the council is from Lauren in Elko, Nevada. She said, there are lots of ways I could phrase this. I will try to do it in the most positive way possible. Sometimes my kids are not so kind. So my question is, can you teach kindness to kids? Is it something completely learned by example? Or are there ways to encourage kids to be kind? I'm a fairly kind person, not perfect, but I am not sure that my kindness is coming through. I want them to treat others as they would want to be treated, but maybe I am kind fish Kindly yours, Lauren in Elko, Nevada.
1: That's a great question. And I want to tell Lauren you're not alone because I feel like I struggle with this too. Like even sometimes within our own home, I feel like my kids sometimes forget to be kind to each other. And I wish I had an instruction book on how teaching kids to be kind. I do think our examples go a long way, but I also think sometimes just pointing out when they can see someone else's feelings have been hurt and teach them empathy and maybe even just talk about, hey, you know, can you think about a time when maybe someone spoke unkindly to you or treated you? How did that make you feel? And then also, like, I really think when you just bring it like really back home to like our example of Jesus Christ, right, and His example and just striving to be like Him. I mean, obviously, He's perfect and we all struggle, but hey, it's okay if you made a mistake, it's okay and to say sorry and to learn from it and grow from it and and allow those mistakes to also be learning experiences. So I don't
0: know. I'm still in there trying to figure I it love out. that you're in it. You're in the trenches. Those are such great thoughts. And I, I love this question. I think one little example comes to mind of a day that our well, I I guess I won't say who.
3: <laughs> say <laughs> um, it, one of our say. little
0: people <laughs> 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 said something that was unkind. And I could see in this child their regret, right, instantly, and the feeling that came of they knew they hadn't acted in their best way. And the other child was upset, and, Mom, can you believe, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just had a thought come, let's have a fresh start. And that's kind of become a little bit of a family mantra when we make mistakes, is do we need a fresh start? And I came and chatted with this child and said, can you see how, just like Kristen was saying, can you see how what you said affected this sibling? And he said yes, and he was emotional, and I said, should we just try that conversation one more time? So I called the upset sibling in, and she grumbled, I don't even want to, you know, but gave him a chance. And I said, guess what? In families, we make mistakes and then we have fresh starts. And he, you know, somewhat apologetically just said, actually, I really think, you know, and, <laughs> but I watched the reset in him. And I've learned that for myself as well, that there are times that even I will surprise myself in an unkind moment and think, I need a fresh start. I'll step back. And I think there's real power in not always perfectly acting kind, but in trying and trying again.
3: Oh, I love that so much. Just we let's fresh start. Let's try like reset. <laughs> um, goodness. As far as I'll be honest, so I've got my 10-year-old down to my 3-year-old, so younger kids. So we're still like at the basics of like explaining oh, that wasn't super nice. And I'm really I'll say I got naturally kind children like Kids aren't easy, but I got easy kids, if that makes sense. So I'm so grateful that that's something that they're naturally inclined to do. But when something goes kind of off, I realize that instead of just getting upset, sometimes I need to remember maybe they didn't actually know. Like here's a little story. When I was young, I was in second grade and my teacher was explaining, okay, guys, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And after each thing she said, I went, boring. She said something else, and I went, boring. And then she said something, and I said, boring, because I had seen it in a movie, and it had been funny. Like, And the third time, she turned to me, and she goes, "Janae, that is not nice. And, oh, my tiny little second grader self just, like, imploded and was like, oh, that wasn't nice. Like, I didn't. I still, to this day, as a thirty-six-year-old adult woman, <laughs> was remember how I felt, and I did not realize what I was doing was completely rude and inappropriate. Uh, yeah, because kids so, are still
2: learning at that, we're that age. We're still especially. learning, so
3: that little experience that I remember so vividly has helped me when, like, my children do something, and I want to quickly correct it, and I think the quick correction is a good thing, but I approach it a different way because they might actually not realize that that was mean. Does Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, and I think it's particularly pertinent today because with the advent of social media and people getting on, you don't get a lot of attention or likes or you know, accolades for that kind of kindness. It's for the snarky and for Mm -hmm. the sarcastic and for the stuff that really can hit not kind. They're not rewarded for kindness. And so I think as our kids get older too, talking about kindness in a different way becomes more important. So as your kids get older, what different kinds of conversations about being kind do you find yourself having?
1: I can think of one time I actually was on a field trip with my son. I think he was in fifth grade. And we got on the bus to head back to the school. And he didn't sit by me on the bus. And I was like, Jackson, like, why aren't you sitting by me? And he's like, Mom. And he noticed a boy had been crying in a seat. And he got up and sat by him. Aww. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you do your thing. You do your Aww. thing. But but I just think, I think sometimes even just after that, we went home, we talked. I'm like, hey, like, that was really cool that you did that. But he was so quiet about it. Like, he wasn't saying, hey, mom, I'm going to go do this. But just like, hey, and then ha- talk about like, hey, that was really cool that oh, you did so that. Sweet. What made you want to do that? Or, you know, and, and maybe helping them recognize and reaffirming that mm-hmm. was a really Pointing good it out. choice. Mm-hmm. and. I don't know, you get those little small rewarding moments as mothers. And then there's also those times when we have to be like, okay, well, what could we have done different? But I don't know, I think those, and then just helping point that out. And as they get older, I mean, then like bullying is a huge issue. So having conversations, I know that I saw a news story about some bullying that went on to actually a school that my kids go to. And so my twin daughters are in seventh grade. And so I asked them, hey, do you see bullying it was someone that of a different race that was said he was getting called some things and they're like yeah we we see kids doing that but he's this boy that we see doing that with he's laughing so is that bullying i'm like yeah actually Mm -hmm. it is like he may be laughing but he's probably going home and crying so what can we do like what can we do to stand up when you think they act like they're not hurt by it but what do we do
2: so I don't know. Sometimes we just have to have those difficult conversations. I think that's a really good point. I know that one of my kids was bullied, had a, a bunch of friends who would were really rough on him, and he would laugh along because that diffuses it, and it's so awkward, and you feel like you're the only one, and— It was really difficult for him, and he had to actually, like, go and get, like, an entirely new group of friends, which, when you're a teenager, is, like, the hardest thing. So scary. And it's so scary. And so I do think that our conversations have to change because, you know, with our kids, because it might not be them, but, you know, some mom is, like, just praying that some other kid will, you know, be kind and nice and see what's going on and change it. And so I think... When it happens on social media, it becomes so so much more difficult because it's 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 harder for us as parents to see it, mm-hmm. right? Like as moms just and I always just say to my kids, like you You, at the end of the day, need to be good with who you are, like the integrity of who you are. Are you somebody that helps the underdog or are you somebody that just goes with the crowd? You know, are you somebody that, are you with your group of friends? Do you worry what they're saying behind your back because of how you guys are? Like, you got to really take a look at it. And I find that you have to have those conversations earlier and earlier now,
0: I think. I love that because i think sometimes kindness is not instantaneously gratifying for the child you know sometimes it's being that lone voice that stands up or mm-hmm. stands alone or defends or even comments something like i don't agree yeah, or this is sexist
2: or racist yes. or or you know, mean, or whatever it is, and to call it what it is. Because you're right. I think that takes a lot of courage.
0: Yeah. And I love what Kristen's saying about, it is sometimes difficult conversations with our kids and saying, have you seen this? What could you do about this? Or do you know anyone that is marginalized in this way? Or what are some things that you could proactively do rather than just if someone comes and sits by you and says, will you be my friend? You say, yes. No, instead it's walking into a lunchroom and saying, who's alone? Or I love that thought. I
2: love it. You guys really answered this question for kindness. And I just want to say one more thing too. Like in that question, it was like the example, you know, our kids are always watching us. (laughs) Like how we talk about ourselves or other people or how we treat others and and what we do and what we highlight in a family all of that is tied don't you think to mm-hmm, kindness absolutely. and to other values completely how we talk about other people mm-hmm. yeah absolutely council of moms this is interesting can we talk exercise for a minute i crave it and if i'm being really honest need it for my mental health but how can I make it a priority? Sometimes I feel so selfish for taking the time to exercise. Other times, I don't feel selfish, just exhausted. In addition, an important aspect of exercise for me is just getting my kids away from their screens and playing outdoors. Some of my best memories of being a kid were playing outdoors and just, well, you know, exercising without labeling it exercising. I have so many complicated feelings about this because I don't want to obsess over it, shame myself or others, etc. But I do know it's important. Health. Kira from Southern Utah.
3: Oh, boy.
0: Kira, I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Is Um, this your aha
2: sister moment? Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) And, you know, the first thought that comes to my mind are the kind of seasons of motherhood where there are just times when certain things are more difficult than others, And exercise, I think, is one of those things that comes in and out of easiness in our lives in waves. I remember as a young mother feeling the exhaustion was physically tangible to Mm -hmm. myself. Like I would look in a mirror and be like, oh,
3: bless you. (laughs) You know, just you look tired. You look tired,
0: exactly. (laughs) But I love the question that you're asking about really the intrinsic value of finding time to nurture yourself, which I think is kind of what exercise often comes down to. And I think the season to find time to nurture ourselves is always because when it gets to the point that we're in that truly depleted state, our ability to bless and love our families, it just diminishes and diminishes. And I've found that it's a constant game of reinvention for me. Oh, Mm -hmm. this form of exercise works now. Right now, in my current life, we happen to be able to get up early and get that done at the very beginning of the day, and that feels great. There's been other times where I, at the end of the day, think I've got to go on a walk. I have just got to go feel the air and reset in that way. So I think it's a continual reinvention in some ways, but I love that question. Yeah, I can
2: really relate to that, too, because I have had different phases of my life where you're like, oh, good. Yeah, I have the time for this. It just because it makes sense. I'm going to fit this in here. And then other times where there's like, oh, there's just not any hours in the day. Or if I have a half an hour or an hour, then I need to sleep or I just need to stare at the wall or like, I mean, honestly, it just depends on that kind of phase. And and also other people's schedules, right? Like, because that's, you know, being in a family, you've got to like adjust to different Schedules and especially like if you're a single parent or you don't have a lot of money or you are particularly stressed out or you're a caregiver and you have other responsibilities, it can feel like it's a selfish thing. So, I like that, Brooke, you point out that at its core, exercising and moving your body is not a selfish thing, it's an actual like need. It's different than it's not just like a hobby. but sometimes it feels
0: like it is. Yes, like it's a self-interested desire, but really it's a fulfilling
3: desire that makes you better able to love your family. I totally agree. Very much so. I actually grew up in a home where my I had a professional athlete as a dad. So oh, exercise was, like? was a big... It was so <laughs> fun. He's a distance runner. So we. it's not like we made lots and lots of money. We were fairly poor growing up, but he was impressive and just amazing. So I know that I grew up in a very unique way And so exercise and just sports in general, all of that was so like natural and normal. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I grew up and what we did and so much fun. And I love it so much. But actually, I had my two little boys and I got chronically ill for like a couple of years, actually. So that was the worst. So I went from being like super strong and working out every day. Like I think I was at the height of triathlon training and just was having so much fun with that. I just, I felt wonderful and kind of overnight went from that to can't get off the couch, can't take a shower, like so sick. So that's a whole, that's that's a whole story for another day, but I missed my sports and everything so much. And I hated the fact that I didn't have the energy to like take my boys on a hike and like go outside and run around and throw the baseball, all of those things. And I really it took a minute for me to realize, okay, it's you have to approach that whole thing and have a, a relationship with exercise that's going to serve you and your family and not be a slave to it. Mm. So I couldn't when I wanted to so much, you can't you can't overdo it because then maybe that does get selfish if you're going. I mean, I've I actually have seen plenty of examples of like maybe working out four or five hours a day being away from your kids is kind of not all that great. You're having a fun time, but maybe that's a little excessive. And then inverse of that, like if you just cannot, like if you don't have the energy, like I did for a couple years to be able to go out and run or do, you know, do whatever the exercise is, or if you have the energy to do that, but then that is literally all you can do the rest of the day, you're kind of wrecked. You don't feel guilty over that. You need to find, we all just need to find that perfect balance. And I know that's that's hard. Like that's the name of the game of well, life. It I changes think, all is, the time. It do you changes think? all the time. Yes. So when some seasons of life, like you were saying, Brooke, you're going to be able to have that be consistent and this wonderful, like really enriching part of your life, you're, it's going to give you more energy and you're going to be a better mom because of it. And, when you can't do that, when it actually is hindering the job that you can do as a mom, it's hard because it's like, oh, I should be doing this. I I feel so lazy. I feel so, huh. But if you can switch your perspective and it like, let me tell you, it took over that two years of being so sick and not being able to do stuff. I really had to switch that perspective and just realize like, okay, no, this is all I can do right now. And that is okay. Like if I can't go out there and be that, Amazing super mom that's handling all of it and is like super self care and can, you know, fit in my size four jeans and the whole bit. Like, that's not what's important. Just finding that place that you're in and being the best you so that you can be the best mom. Mm-hmm. That's what's most important. I and you don't have to feel guilty.
2: Well, and that self-compassion has become so paramount, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I just remember when my kids were all really little and feeling so tired and overwhelmed and thinking, okay, let me be logical about this, like, what to do. And I tried, like, group fitness classes, which I had never done before. It's just not, like, necessarily, like, my personality or whatever. And I went sort of reluctantly and just loved it. Like, because I liked not thinking, about like, well, where am I going to run? Or what am I going to do? What exercises should I... Well, I don't know. just became like one more mental task to do. And I loved going. And with all of these like fun, ridiculous in the best way, like people who are like, woo, woo, Like it was so silly that I was like, oh, this is just fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have to think. They just tell me what to do. And then I feel great for the rest of the day. And I had actually more energy. And then like you're saying, I'd had different times in my life where I'm like, and especially... About the year before COVID when my husband was really sick and we couldn't get sick. Like going to a gym was just not going to happen. And so having to switch my mind frame, but still needing to work out. And then when things got really intense and when I was a full-time caregiver for a grown man, I had to work out or else I was going to hurt myself physically and I had to lift weights and I had to stay really healthy. So, and it's interesting because when I would exercise, even though I was working full-time and I had five kids at home and I was caregiving, you would think that You know, oh, now is not the time to exercise, but I didn't feel guilty about it during that season of my life because I thought, no, I have to because if I get sick or I can't pick up this grown man, this life does not work. So I'm going to lift these weights. It's, I kind of laugh thinking about it now because I was, like, lifting weights, like, so weird. <laughs> so, so grateful for that. Like, and just had a new and a different, like, it wasn't about, like, fitting into a size or a certain weight. It was about, like, functioning. And I, I would love to be able to pass that on for my kids of, like, you just want to feel good. Right. And that's what exercises
1: like, for, I see it in my husband, too. Like, he needs it absolutely, like, We're pretty religious about getting our exercise in daily. But I have gone through all these different phases of... We rarely go to the gym, actually. We just kind of work out in our basement and have weights. But then there's been times where, you know, I'm doing workouts with my kids and they're doing the video with me and it can be really (laughs) fun and interesting. Or you're trying to do sit-ups and you have like a baby crawling all over you and you're like, okay, this is going to be interesting, but you just have to be flexible and maybe think outside the box. The other thing, I think she mentioned getting her kids outside. And I think for me, that is one of my favorite memories with my children as we go out and play soccer games in the backyard or shoot basketball hoops and go on hikes. We love to adventure as a family. So we've gone mountain biking and backpacking. And I just think, man, being active as a family together is just such a healthy balance of developing relationships and also feeling good about ourselves physically. And, and so... To not feel guilty about it. Like you said, it's something that we need to function and to feel good, and
2: it's okay. Yeah, I love it. We've solved it. I feel really good. <laughs> I think we saw sol- like, you don't solve all of the questions, but I think we. it's like we're just validating, right? Like, yes, yes, you're. it's worth the struggle. You're going to have to change your tactics a lot. Of t- it's fine. It's fine. It's like, fine. I'm just sitting here thinking, I shouldn't. I need a better plan right now, but now I'm just tired. <laughs> Don't you give guys up. I, thank you. See, like, I'm not going to give up. I just got to switch it up. Don't give up. Just switch, switch it up. up. <laughs> That's my new catchphrase. Put it on For a shirt. <laughs> shirt. Put it on a shirt. Then I'll run in that shirt. We'll see. Or maybe just walk. <laughs> Briskly. Just walk. Meander. Yes. Whatever yeah, absolutely. It takes. Absolutely. Whatever. <laughs> Dear Council of Moms, I have to tell you that because of your show, I've started my own Council of Moms in my neighborhood, which, side note, just thrills me to no end. I love it. We get together once a month and just share what's going on. No judgment, just sharing what we've done, what we're doing, and what we're attempting to do moving forward. So thanks for the life hack. And that's why I am emailing and what I'm emailing about life hacks, apps. Things you have figured out, best piece of mom advice, et cetera. Simple things that don't need a ton of explanation, but are just another mom's way of doing something that I might be able to incorporate into my motherhood. Y'all are awesome. Holly in Texas.
3: I can't wait to hear your guys' answers to this. (laughs) That's a great question. That's a great question. Oh my goodness. I I don't know. Don't start with me. Holy <laughs> cow. I'm just as, I'm like waiting with bated breath. What are you going to tell me to help me out? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Let's see. What can I, what, what mom hacks do I have? Goodness. It's just, kind of a hard question
2: because you're like, what do I just do in normal life that I've learned that I just take for granted? Like putting extra garbage can liners at the bottom of the garbage can before you, but like I just do that now and I don't know when I learned how to do it. I'm sure I have my father to thank for that, but.
3: Bless you daddies, all the daddies (laughs) that teach us how to work. Buying extra, like when things are on sale for like the kids' birthday parties, like there's like, here's a whole bunch of like just girl toys and boy toys so that when my kids get invited to birthday parties, I've already got like a gift for them to wrap up and take. I don't Smart.
2: know. No, that's really great.
3: <laughs> this is a tough
1: question. I'm just trying to think of something specifically, but one thing that we've started doing that's an app. You said it. Did you mention yeah. an uh, app?
2: Yeah, she said app.
1: That we like, it's called the Greenlight app, and it is a debit card that my kids can use, and then we pay them their allowances on it. But the trick is I have listed on there all their chores, and they have to check off their chores before they can get paid. Nice. So I don't have to track it so much. And it's so motivating because they want to get paid. In fact, and some of my kids forget to check it. And then I think they forget that they didn't get paid. And it's so great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't have to say anything. I don't have to say
1: anything. <laughs>
2: like, I don't have any money. I'm like,
1: oh, that's weird. Imagine that. <laughs> what
2: could the problem be? Hmm, user error? Hmm, no. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That's satisfying. Yeah.
1: So that's one that we just really—anyway— I like it. I okay. like that my kids learn natural consequences. I don't have to be the
3: bad guy, you know? I love natural consequences to things. Yeah. It is my favorite. Just like you just sit back and you have your popcorn and you just wait for it to happen and they, their little light bulb goes off. I love it. Yeah. I've got a, <laughs> a mom hack.
2: Outsource what you can do. Like especially if you have older kids, I, for whatever reason, hate— hate teaching my kids how to tie their shoes. To me, that is the worst thing. Because I'm not very good, I guess, at teaching them or whatever. And so when we got to my last kid, I was just like, I can't do this one more time. And one of my teenagers needed money. And I said, I'll give you $10 if you will teach your sister how to tie her shoes. And she, he was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's it? And I was like, yeah, but she has to be able to do it by herself. Done. I lo- and I, I, love I don't that. know why I waited so long. That's amazing.
1: It is amazing. I actually just had a conversation with my sister the other day about filling Easter eggs because we're having a family Easter egg hunt. And she's like, I'm like, is that going to be stressful for you? She's a single mom and has a lot going on. And she's like, oh, no, I just going to pay one of my kids a bag of Cadbury eggs and have them do it for me. And I'm like, you you can do that with
2: Christmas presents or Hanukkah or birthday presents, whatever you have to do to wrap. You can hire that out.
3: I love it. And what a fun experience for your son and daughter to have had that like, oh, my parents didn't teach me to tie my shoes. My brother did. Yeah. Or is that what you said? That your Yeah, son- and I'm
2: trying to do the same thing with one of my kids is learning how to drive. And again, this is another skill that I'm not very good at. Well, I'm not very patient. I do the thing where you stomp your foot on the floor <laughs> of the, And they're like, why aren't you doing that? You're making me nervous, mom. And I'm like, I didn't say anything, you know. And I try to always like be eating a sandwich or drinking something so that I don't scream. I really did a horrible job with my oldest son. And I still apologize to him all the time. Miles, if you're listening, I'm so sorry for the way that I tried to teach you how to drive a car. That was on me. I was not prepared. And so now I just had this conversation with one of my adult kids. I said, I really need you to to do this. We need to get, you know, there are 40 hours of driving. I don't know if I can do it emotionally. (laughs) Will you, uh, can I, can I put you down for 10 hours? I am already scared. I will pay for gas. I will pay for sandwiches, whatever it is. And so we're in negotiation processes right now. But that's a a little hack.
0: (laughs) I love love it. it. (laughs) Mine's the thought that came to mind is a little bit in a different direction. But my life hack is minimizing my expectations for things. That's a great hack. And much easier said than done, obviously. But I will have these lofty ideas of things that maybe we want to do as a family or things I want to try, like let's say family scripture study, for example, that just I have this visual from I don't know what in my head of this ideal way that that thing needs to happen. And then it won't, (laughs) you know, it will (laughs) very imperfectly, noisily or not everyone's there or we, you know, start and stop and start, whatever. But to do a new and simplified version of that thing and kind of reinvent it for our family. So right now, for example, we have family prayer in shifts right? Whoever is leaving the house, we just say a quick prayer before that person leaves or whoever's home and going to go to bed, we say a quick prayer with those people. So we may not have this incredible (laughs) moment where as a family, we kneel and bow, right? On occasion, that miraculously happens, but kind of shifting my expectation for things has helped me as a little life hack of this is family scripture study, me and Greta with my app open and reading a few verses or whatever it is simplifying.
2: I love that because it's also a life hack of like for your mental wellness.
0: Yes,
3: absolutely. So wise. So wise. I remember being, it's like 1030 at night as a teenager in bed asleep because I've got to wake up at five in the morning for like dance practice and my family pulling me out of bed to have family prayer. I'm like, you guys, I told you I was going to bed a while ago. Like... And so I just was like upset and resentful over it. So if we had just had shifts, like (laughs) yeah, who says you
2: can't do it that way? Come on, I love that. So smart. Do you have any sort of like laundry or housekeeping hacks that will save us time or money?
1: Make your kids do their own laundry, like starting younger than you think. Like, really, they're totally capable. And now my kids, in fact, I just pulled my 15-year-old that has clothes in the dryer, so I pulled them out and put them in a basket. And I'm like, hey, I've got time. Do you want me to fold these for you? And he's like, oh, no. Like, they do not want me to touch their clothes now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm like, this is the best idea ever. Like, and then they're responsible, and they, they want to do it on their own, and they feel really good about it. So that's great. And chores, split-up chores, I'm sure. I mean, you have six kids. There's no possible way, Right. <laughs> that we can do it all so
0: and shouldn't do it all I, <laughs> yes. I yeah uh, my little laundry tip is yeah also six kids and I think teaching them to do their own laundry is fantastic someone taught me the teach train and pass on model because I would often teach my kids to do things and then they wouldn't do them <laughs> right <laughs> and so that there's weird. the training phase of watching them imperfectly, imperfectly, imperfectly do that thing. And then you know when you're ready to pass it on. So sometimes there's some rescuing in there. Sometimes there's some, okay, I'm going to do your laundry because you're so far behind. But ultimately, it's the pass on. And then my second little laundry tip is we've got a large family and it's mounds and mounds to put away and make down to their bedrooms. And someone told me that they bought an Ikea eight square, you know, the eight square with cubes. And we have one of those per person. And right when it comes out of the dryer, you immediately put it in their own bin, that little eight square, and then everyone just takes their bin to their bedroom. So if there's a dryer full of clothes, it just goes right into their baskets. And that's a little tip that has saved me a lot of time.
3: At what ages? Were your kids doing their own laundry? Okay,
0: so
1: my oldest started at like 12.
3: And that's probably about my boys
1: too. But then my twins saw their older siblings doing laundry. And at nine, they're like, we want to start doing our own laundry. And I'm like, okay. So we kind of showed them how to do it. And they needed help for a few years, a little bit. But now my nine-year-old, the other day he grabbed his basket and I saw him pouring it in the washer and I'm like, should we divide those up? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay.
2: I don't care. <laughs> you have I to really decide don't. what you care about. I decided long ago to never—I'm just going to sing. Never give up. It's not that those Walking lyrics? in shadows <laughs> if I fail. I decided long ago never to worry about pairs of socks. I don't care if my oh, kids' love it. socks match. Mm-hmm. I had to give that up. It was causing me a lot of, of angst. Well, now it's cool. <laughs> now it's cool. <laughs> On trend. Okay, well, so money is tight for most of us, right? Like, so what are your financial, budget-friendly, money-saving hacks?
1: Well, food is a big thing, right? Especially, like, I know it's, like, we all need to eat. Yeah, you can't <laughs> cut it out of the budget. You <laughs> can't really cut that out. Do we? But I find when I meal plan and, like, buy things for multiple meals, like, I save a ton of money. Like, it just it helps a ton just to meal plan and and buy those specific ingredients. And then I'm less likely to buy something that's like, oh, that looks really good, you know, at the store. So I think just planning ahead helps a lot for us budget-wise. Um, when money was really tight, when we were—my husband was in graduate school, and I mean, we just found that we could get by on a lot less than we thought. You know, I think sometimes you just have to think, do I really need this? You know, I can get by with less or I don't need that new thing. And teaching your kids that it also is tricky. But, hey, like, do we really need this? Do you want to spend your money on that? And maybe involve the kids, too. Like, like I came back to my Greenlight app. Like, if they want something now, they just have to, like, buy it, you know? Yeah. It's like, do you have money for that? Okay, well, I guess you can't buy that today, you know?
2: When there were seven of us living in home, like meal planning and doing things in bulk and then like freezing some of it and stuff totally saved money. And now that I'm a single mom and I'm working and my kids are older and really mostly it's just two of us for dinner at night, like that kind of meal planning and stuff, like is it doesn't save me time or money. And so it's so interesting to me because I thought, oh, I'll do this forever. It doesn't matter what phase of life you'll... Because I'm like, you make a big... You know, pan of lasagna. I don't want to eat lasagna for lunch and dinner for two weeks.
3: You know, (laughs) yeah, how much it makes. (laughs) Yeah,
2: like that. You got to rethink that. And so I find that it's interesting. Of that, like I cook less, or you know, I I budget in different ways. It kind of shifts because now it's you know you spend your money on different things based on like your changing family needs. It's always those transitions that I find that like are hard to you know just to find, you know, your specific life example and how you can save money during that part. That's hard for me.
3: I think that's one of our main responsibilities as a mom is to figure out how to pivot. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Can I just figure out how to pivot into all these different, different things? Um. Gosh, okay, money. I am thinking I'm pretty like intense about just trying to spend as little as possible. I think because I grew up, my cute sweet dad who was super impressive, but his body was how he made his money. And so there was a time when he got mono. Like, you can't have a distance runner with mono. Like, that doesn't yeah. work. So we had a couple of things. He got hit by a car at some point that ended his career. So we were like, oh, here we go. So definitely have experienced the whole, like, Bishop Storehouse, like, that kind of experience. And I'm so grateful, actually. It's been one of the most valuable life experiences to realize. I was the oldest child, so, like, you, like, feel that innate like responsibility even though you're a kid you kind of also feel Mm -hmm. like a parent a, a, a little bit and so it was really good for me to realize that okay we don't have a lot of money and this is a stressful thing and we've got to be careful with you know what we do and don't spend and and the whole bit. And that's definitely gone with me all growing up. Like as a college student, I could not live the paycheck to paycheck thing that all the rest of my friends were doing. Like that was just so stressful. So I had a solid like little savings account that was like, okay, no, I will be fine if something were to happen. That's Um, super
2: responsible at that age too.
3: I mean, I tried to just have like, you know, I can't go out to eat. I can't go buy, you know, a bunch of new clothes because I just would get too nervous when my bank account would get a little bit lower. And all my friends were like, oh, it's fine. Like, I'll pay you on Monday because I literally have no money right now. I'm like, I would be freaking out in the corner (laughs) somewhere. And so at this point, I think I've had to actually shift. I've had to pivot because it's like, okay, how much stress is this worth to like go to seven different stores to find the absolute best price on, you know, whatever it is that we need. It's like my time versus the money that we've got. Like, what is that worth? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, I don't have a great answer for like, what's this mom hack of saving money other than just like real, like take a step back and realize like, okay, what's, is it better to go and like do a job that I'm going to make some money for, but I'm not home. So I am actually going to like For the first time in my life, I'm gonna pay someone to clean my house. Like that whole weighing and measuring and figuring out what is the most important thing and you know, time versus money versus the quality of something, you know, all of it. And
2: everybody has to
3: figure that out for themselves. I know it would
2: be so easy if there were just like a follow these calculations and you know, X plus A minus two, (laughs) carry the one one (laughs) equals what you should do. But yeah, being able to pivot. (laughs) And be able to say, nope, my time is worth it. Like, I'm not going to mentally have to worry about this anymore. And then shift things around is important. So to kind of wrap things up, I'd like to get everyone's perspective on the best piece of mom advice that they've ever received.
3: Oh gosh, how do you even answer that? <laughs>
0: well, best is what makes that question hard. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Most meaningful <laughs> for you. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> I think a couple of things come to my mind. The first is someone once told me that you either love someone or you don't understand them. And I have thought about that little phrase. It was years ago, so many times in my mothering, because... I love all of my children, right? I love my family and I'm so grateful for them. But as I have had my kids change throughout the years, I have been posed with new challenges in knowing how to parent that child in that stage in that trial or in that you know new phase or experience. And as I have prayed to understand them better, I have felt my love for each one of them grow, which I didn't even know needed to grow. Mm-hmm. But I feel like having that external Heavenly Father's pair of eyes to help me see my children for who they are in that moment and what they might need has greatly blessed kind of my eyes to see my children and love them in the way that they needed at that phase and stage of life. Oh, I love that. I'm going to remember
1: that. That is really good. I think when I had just had my sixth baby and I remember feeling so overwhelmed, like, how can I meet the needs of each of my children? And I was talking to my mom about it, and she said, you don't have to be the one to always meet all their needs. And she's like, even just involving your older kids, like you said, like outsourcing, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just Um, out of my desperation, but yes. yeah. I I mean, I did that intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) love
1: that. (laughs) But really, like, that was a hard thing for me to let go, because I felt like I had to be the one to be everything to them. But to realize that it's okay if I'm not and that there's other people that can kind of come in and and be something that my kids need. I feel like that's, yeah, it's kind of been life-changing really. And it's good for my children too. Yeah, it is. I think so.
3: Oh, I love it. Goodness. I think this isn't necessarily a piece of advice that somebody else gave me, but almost a piece of advice that Heavenly Father gave me. Like once I kind of got this one specific piece of inspiration and understanding, it really changed a lot of, or just deepened this role of mother that I have. And that's when I figured out or was blessed with the inspiration that these kids that I have, I actually knew them before. Like we were literal friends before this life. And that just was like, oh, it like, did a few things for me. One, it made me look at them as almost like peers, like, oh, we were all just like buddies and friends. And like, I saw them more at less of like a responsibility and more of like an equal individual person. And then also it made me think like these individual people that I am so obsessed with. And so I just think I admire these precious little people they're impressive and amazing and smart and charismatic. And like, so, you know, that whole thing where the second generation that's coming up is like, so like, they just, we ha- we can't hold a candle to these young ones that are coming up and are so amazing. And so to think like, wow, I was given the responsibility to kind of like almost coach them through this life. Like I'm your buddy, we've been friends before, and I'm now in the position in this mortal life to like help teach you and help help you learn and grow and become the best possible version of yourself and you know as you make this world the incredible place that it can be because you're in it and when I thought about that like what an honor I'm totally gonna cry And no I'm not I'm not gonna cry I feel so amazingly honored to have been given this responsibility to parent these three precious kids that I have and so when I realized that it just it changed a lot it was not this chore like you know how sometimes you just going through the motions of being a mom like getting the day taken care of and teaching them and you know helping them figure stuff out I really shifted my perspective as far as like I'm what is it like kung fu panda you've got like this master like kung fu master they like revere their master they're like teaching them this incredible art I don't know this is ridiculous but I really felt like it's this much more honored position that's like special and impressive and it kind of took away that monotony and that just like meh and helped me realize like no they are in a unique position you are in the unique position and I just was so overwhelmed and grateful to my heavenly father that he would trust me and give me this position and i'm just so again so honored to have that so that's really kind of changed things for me
2: The Lisa show is a production of BYU Radio and Today's episode was produced by McKay Menden, Richie T. Stedman, and me, Lisa Valentine Clark. And we have questions and places for you to put all your questions all over social media if you visit The Lisa Show, wherever you go and kind of keep in touch with friends. We'd love to hear your questions, or you can email us at thelisashow at byu.edu. Thanks for listening to The Lisa Show.